0: This is where Montana talks. Montana Talks with Aaron Flipped. All right. Well, yeah, I mentioned we got a
1: message from Brooke Hudson. She's been, i uh, tell you what, doing great work, at stepping up for parents, stepping up for kids in the public schools in School District 2 in Billings. And we've talked a lot about this book, Assassination Classroom. What is it? What do these librarians have against their teachers in their schools? Were the teachers mean to them in the in the in the teachers' lounge? Do the, do the teachers not let the librarians into the teachers' lounge? No coffee for you. You stay out of the teachers. You're not a teacher. You're the librarian. You don't get to come in the teachers' lounge. Is is that what's going on? Is that why these librarians apparently don't like? Uh, teachers is is that why these librarians are putting a book about assassinating teachers and shooting up classrooms and school bookshelves I mean for Pete's sake here anyway uh, but we mentioned uh, there was a review committee put together to look at some of these crazy books that the uh, librarians are buying and, and putting on the school library bookshelves. And there was a review committee that was put together. I guess Laurel, the school board in Laurel, Montana, already has uh, just uh, pulled the books off the shelves. Uh, and, uh, you know, age-appropriate restrictions, et cetera. And do they have the, the Dennis Prager books in the Laurel schools? Somebody, I wonder if somebody can answer that for us. Do they have the Prager U, Dennis Prager books on the bookshelves? Because, I mean... You know, if the librarian thought that that assassination classroom was 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 good for a school library, you would think that Dennis Prager's Prager U books would be <laughs> in, a shoe in, of course. Uh, but anyway, Brooke Hudson says this: the school district two board voted to keep the book Assassination Classroom in the libraries. It was a five to four vote. She says this though: her opinion of last night's board meeting is that five to four is actually a win. The union and the librarians relentlessly attacked and belittled the committee who, who moved to remove the book. These women held their heads high and were not bullied. John von Lang adjo- adjoined the vote to remove. The committee members spoke frankly and brought up the much-needed review of the book review policy. They brought up the lack of oversight of how the books are approved and brought into the libraries in the first place. I could not be more proud of the board members that had the union shaking in their booties for standing firm on principles in common sense. Here's the deal with this this left-wing teachers union in Billings, Montana. You didn't even stand up for your teachers when they were overwhelmingly opposed to being slapped in the face with a mask mandate. Your teachers voted overwhelmingly to oppose that mask mandate. And, and you uh, cowards at the union didn't stand up for your own teachers now you've got a book about assassinating teachers in a classroom and boy you'll stand up for assassination classroom but you wouldn't stand up for your teachers when they were being slapped in the face how pathetic the teachers union in billings montana the leadership is pathetic I mean, you should be absolutely ashamed of yourselves. You don't even stand up for the teachers. You're so that, that you're being paid to represent with their money, their dues. What a slap in the face! But hey, teachers don't do anything about it, I guess. You know.
0: Here is your Montana news.
2: A man is in custody in Missoula after punching a manager and fighting security personnel in a movie theater. Maybe a film critic. The altercation happened in the Wilma Theater on Saturday, when Chad Fallsdown, 28, was disrupting the piece. After security and the manager asked repeatedly for him to leave, Fallsdown slapped the security man, then hit the manager, knocking her to the floor. Nick Christensen with KGVO reports the security man struck back. In the fight, Fallsdown bit the right hand. More staff jumped into the fray. Missoula police arrived to find the belligerent restrained on the floor by theater personnel. The manager was taken to the ER for an injury above her eye. Chad Falls now faces phony aggravated burglary. Hopefully more is
0: coming. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. We'll see more cloud cover and some sunny breaks around the area today as well. High temperatures ranging from the mid-30s in Bozeman to the mid-40s in the Billings area. For tonight, sky stay partly to mostly cloudy with some areas of fog. Low temperatures from 20 in Bozeman to the upper 20s in Billings. And for Wednesday, areas of fog early along with breaks of sun, 33 in Bozeman, mid-40s in Billings. This is Weatherology Meteorologist Paul Trombley. What a lineup we've got for you this week.
1: Montana Talks live from the SHOT Show in Las Vegas. Three days of coverage, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. But first, coming up on Tuesday's Montana Talks, we're going to talk about AI, artificial intelligence. But from a Christian worldview perspective, we've got the next headliner for the Big Sky Worldview Forum joining us Tuesday. And Jesse Ramos from Americans for Prosperity, Montana. That's Tuesday's Montana Talks. Then the rest of the week, live from the SHOT Show in Vegas.
3: If you can plan barbecues and weddings, you can plan to protect yourself from a natural disaster. Sign up for local alerts, prepare an emergency kit, and make a family communications plan. Get started at ready.gov slash plan. Brought to you by FEMA
2: and
4: the Ad Council. I'm a-
0: This is where Montana talks. You're listening to Montana Talks with Aaron Flint.
1: All right, let's get into the New Hampshire news. First in the nation primary New Hampshire today, although we just had the Iowa caucuses where uh, Donald Trump scored a historic victory there last week. But today is the uh, New Hampshire first in the nation primary. Joe Biden isn't even on the ballot He's uh, he's out for ice cream or something. I don't know. But he's not on the ballot in New Hampshire today. And it is not looking good for Nikki Haley. I mean, who knows what can happen? I, th- I think they're trying to get Democrats to show up and interfere in the elections like usual and and interfere in the Republican primary to try to uh, prevent Donald Trump uh, from scoring uh, a, an even bigger victory today. But political. So I, I just scanned the Fox News radio headlines And let's see. Oh, yeah, here we go. Senate Republicans jump on the Trump bandwagon. Nobody backs Haley. Nobody backs Haley. Very interesting. You might remember Montana Senator Steve Daines, who is the chairman of the National Republican Senatorial Committee. Months ago, he said, look, guys, Donald Trump is the presumptive nominee. Uh, it's time for all these candidate, other candidates to withdraw from the race and unite behind him. He said that months ago, and he's saying it again this week. But uh, yeah, this story from Fox News uh, Radio, uh, actually, they might have just had the report here a few minutes ago. Uh, is basically pointing out how all of these uh, Republican senators are uh, supporting uh, Donald J. Trump and nobody is backing Nikki Haley. Meanwhile, politi- meanwhile, Politico Playbook is saying that it doesn't look good for Nikki Haley either. Here's what they added. this This is what I just highlighted because it stood out to me. When a candidate suddenly catches fire in the final weekend of a primary race, Curious voters suddenly flood their events. Haley's final New Hampshire stops were modest, with none of the signs of a late surge. This morning's final Globe-Suffolk-NBC 10 tracking poll shows Trump hitting 60% to Haley's 38% the widest spread all week, heading into the first in the nation primary. New Gingrich was on with Sean Hannity last night. and Former Speaker Gingrich says Donald Trump uh, will be the nominee.
4: This is about to be the longest general election in American history. I think it's something like 287 days from Wednesday until Election Day. Now, Donald Trump tomorrow night will be the Republican nominee. Um, if, if Ambassador Haley is wise, she'll find a graceful way, as uh, Governor DeSantis did, to get out of the race. If she's unwise, uh, she will go to South Carolina, and she will be decisively defeated in her home state, and that will just shrink her. Right now, you have to have great respect for her courage, her determination, her energy, her articulation. Uh, she's about as high as she's ever going to get. Uh, and I think if tomorrow night ends, as Matt Towery suggests, and I think he's right, uh, it's going to be some- somewhere between 15 and 30 points ahead of her. Well, two primaries in a row against the man who totally dominates the party nationally. Uh, the objective reality is it's over. And I think if that's what happens tomorrow night, uh, that I hope Governor Haley will decide That um, she's done her best, just as Governor DeSantis did, but that, in fact, this is now Donald Trump's party and we need to unify to defeat Joe Biden. All
1: right. That was former Speaker Newt Gingrich on with Hannity last night. Yeah, I will be surprised if Nikki Haley does uh, does not bow out of the race, if that's not the headline tomorrow. I would be surp- – at some point tomorrow, I, uh, I would be surprised if we don't see uh, a headline saying that Nikki Haley is dropping from the race unless for some reason she defies all odds or whatever and, and has a good showing today. But that's, that's highly doubtful. I would be surprised if she doesn't drop out. And the reason why is because, OK, you might assume, well, she was the governor of South Carolina and South Carolina is next. And she could have a good showing there and maybe breathe life in, into her campaign. But that's not likely either. And I don't think she – a candidate does not want to lose their own state. That could be devastating, especially for her potential future political prospects if she ever wants to run again in 2028. Although I think Donald Trump is the, is the presumptive uh, future Republican down the road uh, at this point. I, I think, he, you know, he's going to quickly repair uh, ties with uh, Trump supporters out there, etc. But uh, what? OK, so Newt Gingrich says Nikki Haley is done. Dean Phillips, a Democrat candidate for president, a Democrat congressman from Minnesota. He was on CNN with Jake Tapper. The Daily Caller dot com has the video. He says uh, Trump will win and Biden will be
2: creamed. People are really fearful. And I'll tell you something. Last night. I saw a Trump rally outside of mine. I walked up to the line of people a mile long, and I simply said hello. I was met with 50 people going to the Trump rally who were friendly, hospitable, thoughtful, some who said they voted for Barack Obama. Some said they were Bernie Sanders supporters, about half of whom had never been to a Trump event before.
1: All right. Now, wait till you hear what he says next. I'll get to that here in just a second. But first, I mean, it's painful. It's painful, the way he takes a shot at Joe Biden. But some of you are dealing with real pain. I'm talking about pain in your joints, pain in your hips, pain in your lower back. Well, let me tell you that you've got an option now where you can finally deal with that pain. You can finally get over that pain without painkillers, without surgery, and without the downtime that might be associated with, uh, with both of the above. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative, non-surgical pain relief. That's where they take the healing agents that are already in your body – Put them directly into those achy joints. You can get your life back. And it's non-surgical. Call QC Kinetics today for a free consultation. 406-201-6263. That's QC Kinetics. 406-201-6263. Uh, more on Ice
0: Cream Man after this. This is where Montana talks at with Lane Nordland.
2: The Farm Family Wellness Alliance launched together all over the weekend, launching free anonymous online mental health and well-being services for family farmers and ranchers. Announced at the American Farm Bureau Convention in Salt Lake City, the effort offers a safe, clinically moderated peer-to-peer community where members around the world are there to listen, support, and give members mental well-being a boost. Together All also offers a range of well-being tools such as self-assessments and access to additional support, financial health, improving sleep, and more. For more details, visit FarmFoundation.org.
4: Join
0: the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. NCBA is the oldest and largest national cattle industry organization working to defend your interests in Washington, D.C., And there are big benefits to being a member. You'll get news you can use in the National Cattlemen. Email updates in the NCBA Beef Bulletin. Plus, big discounts only for NCBA members. Join by calling 866-233-3872 or online at ncba.org.
2: Demand was great at the public auction yards and billings for slaughter use. They were $15 to $20 higher. The trend for... Good slaughter use priced anywhere from $86 to $110 a hundred weight, while the good three to four rating ewes, priced at 96 up to $85 a hundred weight. I'm Lane North Line.
0: Taking your calls live, 406 294 097 this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint.
1: All right, we got to get to the other half of this uh, Dean Phillips soundbite. So Dean Phillips is the Democrat candidate for president who is actually on the ballot in New Hampshire for the first in the nation primary. Uh, Joe Biden, they didn't even do the Iowa caucuses last week for the Democrats. They've had a rough go trying to Trying to pull off their Iowa caucuses given the massive election interference that the Democrats (laughs) conducted in past Iowa caucus events, bad apps and bad counting of votes and and more. So so there is probably multiple reasons why uh, Joe Biden did not want to take part in democracy and the Iowa caucuses. But now he's not taking part in the the shrieking, shrilling democracy of the New Hampshire uh, primary either. So. Yeah, did you did you guys hear what what Dean Phillips was saying there? I mean, really, hear. Remember the movie White Men Can't Jump back in the nineties. I haven't seen the updated version that they put together, but remember when when he, he was talking about you know Jimi Hendrix and you know the difference between listening and hearing jimmy hendrix anyway if you actually like took in what dean phillips was just saying there so dean phillips apparently he did he i think he actually went to a trump rally or he watched highlights i think he actually went to the trump rally and he was like man these people are so nice they're so kind and man these people there's some in there that they voted for bernie sanders in the past they voted for some of these other democrats in the past they voted for barack obama and and they're at these Trump rallies. And they're the nicest all the, all these Trump vote voters, they're the nicest people you'll ever find. Now, Jim Acosta might have gotten a different reception because I saw the way some Trump voters have responded to him when there was a Trump rally in Billings, Montana at the Metro a few years ago. But that's Jim Acosta. I mean if anybody's gonna get accosted, it's Jim Acosta. Because he was such a phony, fake reporter at the White House, but this Dean Phillips, who's a Democrat, and I think everybody at the Trump rally knew he was a Democrat. He was like, "Man, these Trump voters are the nicest people." But of course, you know, if you're Dean Phillips, if you're a Democrat from from Minnesota, and you've seen Democrat voters and Democrat politicians in Minnesota, you know, with their masks on, and you know, burning down black-owned businesses at the BLM riots. God, being at a Trump rally's got to be a welcome relief. Man, these people are so nice here. They're not, you know, yelling at me to, you know, support the Hamas terrorists. They're not, you know, trying to burn down my city. Oh, these Trump people are really nice. What a what a welcome relief from being at all the Democrat Party events. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be really nice for somebody like Dean. Getting, getting a little break, getting a little respite. But, uh, but, but, but then he makes this point about Joe Biden and Joe Biden facing Donald Trump in November.
2: So to everybody watching right now, Donald Trump is on a big mission to win and Joe Biden is going to get creamed. And I just wish Democrats would wake up and ensure that at least we give it our best shot, because right now I'm afraid we are deluded into a nightmare.
1: All right. There we go. Biden is going to get creamed. Dean Phillips, what he had to say. Let's see. Let me play. I don't know if this report aired on Fox News Radio earlier this morning, but let's do a little scene setter for you out of New Hampshire Uh, about the the primary uh, today because there's a couple of other things I wanted to share, including audio of President Trump.
2: Election officials expecting 322,000 Republicans to vote in today's primary. But overnight, there were six voters who beat everyone else to the punch. This happened in the small town of Dixville Notch, a quaint resort community just about 20 minutes or so from the Canadian border. Former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, she won Dixville Notch in a clean sweep, earning six of the votes, which were up for grabs. But former President Trump... He remains the front runner here in New Hampshire. Trump also still in a bitter war of words with his former U.N. ambassador, Nikki Haley. The polls going in today show Haley trailing Trump by only a few points, and we'll be looking to see if she gained any of the ground after Florida Governor Ron DeSantis dropped out of the race on Sunday.
1: All right, and Trump continuing the attacks on Nikki Haley, who is very clearly on the defensive. especially. When it comes to Social Security, I'll get to that in a second.
3: So, Nikki Haley says now she has the two person race that she's always wanted. She has been coming after you strongly in the past few days. It's worked both ways. Um, and you've come after her as well. She she keeps bringing up your age lately. What do you say about that?
4: Well, I think I'm a lot sharper than her. I would do this I would sit down right now and take an aptitude test, and it would be my result against her result, and she's not going to win. She's not going to even come close to winning. Uh, in fact, When I heard the word cognitive, you know, I've taken two of them now. I took one with Doc Ronnie, who's now a fantastic, you know, White House doctor and a fantastic uh, congressman from Texas, Admiral, the White House doctor, Jackson, Ronnie Jackson. And he's uh, now a great congressman from Texas. I took uh, one then and I took one recently. I think the result was announced and it was I aced it twice. I aced it. But I would say that, you know, I've actually called for a cognitive test for anybody running for president because I actually think that's a good idea. It'd be nice to have an intelligent person be president.
1: Yeah, so that's pretty funny. So basically, Trump was saying,
4: yeah, Nikki Haley's
1: taking shots of my age, but I'm still sharper than she is. Was his response there? And, of course, the great White House doctor, Ronnie Jackson. I saw he was in the Iowa caucuses with a Navy SEAL veteran Tim Sheehy stumped for
5: Trump as well. Fox News, I'm Chris Foster. Well, Donald Trump won Iowa, the second contest of the Republican presidential race is today in New Hampshire, essentially between Trump and Nikki Haley now saying about her supporters on Fox and Friends. They're excited about something different
3: and they want to get our country back on track and they want that energy, they want that momentum, and they want to know that there's hope and there's solutions that we can do going forward. We're excited about it.
4: Nikki Haley has made an unholy alliance with rhinos, never Trumpers, Americans for no prosperity. The
5: former president at a rally in Laconia, New Hampshire, the Oscar nominations are announced up for Best Picture, American Fiction,
3: Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro,
2: Oppenheimer,
3: Past Lives, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. The
5: Academy of Motion, Picture, Arts and Sciences nominating Oppenheimer for 13 awards in all. America's listening to Fox News.
1: All right, call in right now, if you got something you want to chat about, I think we've got a guest who's going to join us here in about 10 minutes, but phone lines are open for you. 406-294-0970. Yeah, uh, Ronit Jackson. Yeah, remember uh, how Rush would, would talk about the reverend with sarcasm. Jesse Jackson. I always think of Ronald Jackson, uh, the congressman in Texas, the White House doctor. Remember, that's the White House doctor that John Tester lied about on national TV, outright lied about this Iraq war veteran and Navy admiral. Huh. So wait a minute. You mean all of the lies about Navy SEAL veteran Tim Sheehy coming from the John Tester camp. So this isn't the first time that John Tester has lied about a Navy veteran. Who served our country? Oh, no, 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 no. Ronnie Jackson. You remember the way John Tester lied about Ronnie Jackson on live national TV. But yeah, if you missed uh, what I was saying there very quickly before that Fox News update, uh, Navy SEAL veteran and Republican U.S. Senate candidate Tim Sheehy was in Iowa at the Iowa caucuses last week. Uh, speaking in support of President Trump. And uh, he was there, of course, alongside Marjorie Taylor Greene, a a congresswoman out of Georgia, and also uh, Ronna Jackson. And they got a a cool photo together. Uh, You can see some of that coverage on our Montana Talks website right now. I've got a piece also uh, uh, mentioning uh, Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale's uh, uh, fundraisers with uh, Florida Congressman Matt Gates that are taking place this weekend, so you can see kind of the latest in the uh, 2024 potential uh, U.S. Senate primary here in Montana. Because uh, you know, you know, what I wonder is uh, when I first heard that that Florida Congressman Gates was going to be coming to Montana here towards the end of January, there was some speculation by folks that well, maybe that's when Rosendale's going to announce that he's running for the Senate. Uh, But if that was the case, you think that would that word would be leaking out already by now. Uh, And uh, so so it sounds like that the reports that we're seeing out of Washington is that Rosendale won't announce whether he's running for the House or the Senate until March, uh, March, which is when the filing deadline is. But, man, uh, that is very late, very late to be jumping into the biggest U.S. Senate race in the country Uh, especially given the hundreds of millions of dollars that liberal Senator John Tester and his buddies on the left are going to be dumping into Montana. They're already dumping a bunch of money into Montana. Uh, Lucas and Bozeman, though, back to New Hampshire and Biden. Lucas says this. The mainstream media has been preparing the narrative for a new candidate. They are getting ready to dump Biden, trying to scare the Democrat voters about Biden so they can replace him as a candidate. Lucas says, my money is on Michelle Obama because they are losing black voters to Trump. They are. They are They are losing all sorts of black voters uh, to Donald J. Trump. That is for sure. Uh, Lucas, thanks for the message. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about um, a count that is supposed to be taking place, a count of the homeless population numbers uh, here in Montana. Coming up. Oh,
0: Securing in America.
2: Two U.S. Navy SEALs serving in the Middle East have now been declared dead after falling into the Arabian Sea earlier this month while trying to board a ship and prevent the delivery of Iranian missiles to Houthi rebels in Yemen. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says the loss of the SEALs underscores how dangerous the mission can be um, and the dangers that these Uh, these brave warriors are willing to face every day. Meanwhile, U.S. efforts to limit the Houthis' abilities to attack merchant ships in the Red Sea continues. And while the White House admits strikes against Houthi positions haven't completely stopped the rebels, Kirby says... The strikes that we have conducted ashore in Yemen have degraded Houthi capabilities. And he pushed back Monday on the suggestion that U.S. strikes have been escalatory, saying they're actually the opposite because...
4: That's taking ability away... From the other party uh, to uh, to inflict harm. Giving you us, Fox News,
0: serving the great state of Montana from the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint.
1: All right. Uh, Oh, this is it. Let me sneak in a random story here. I think we have a guest who's going to be joining us here any second now. But let me sneak this story in here. So China buying farmland in America. This is a topic we've covered for quite some time now. Here's the deal. Uh, The Republican supermajority in the legislature in Helena and Montana Governor Greg Gianforte, they didn't just talk about how bad it is that the Communist Chinese are buying farmland in America and in and, and attempting to in Montana buying farmland near our nuclear missile sites, I mean, I have a radio talk show. I can talk about it all day long and it 's my job to talk about these things now. hopefully, our talk also you know uh, provokes action and provokes a response. but uh, the Republican supermajority in Helena and the governor they didn 't just talk about China buying farmland in america they they passed a law and and the governor signed the bill into law a bill to ban the communist chinese and other uh, adversaries from buying up our farmland especially when it's close to our uh, nuclear missile silos here in montana a new report shows that china is buying up american farmland But the information it is based on, provided by the Agriculture Department, is apparently causing concern. Here's Grady
2: Trimble with Fox Business. This GAO report, which reviewed data through 2021, it's calling into question all of the USDA's data. The report finds the Ag Department doesn't share timely data and that its processes to collect, track, and report key information are flawed. Here's one example. The GAO says the USDA counted the largest holding associated with the People's Republic of China not once but twice, overstating how much land china link companies might own, but of course raising concerns about how they're keeping track of data altogether.
1: All right, there you go. So uh, looking at the numbers of just, you know, is the Ag Department accurately uh, collecting and reflecting uh, just how much uh, Ownership of our American lands are being bought up by the Communist Chinese or Iran or NOCO or anybody else, you name it, right? So, yeah, interesting report there. Speaking of numbers, I, I, I shared a story on our Montana Talks website just the other day. Survey says, survey says there are 597 homeless households in Missoula, Montana uh 597 homeless households in missoula montana that was a report put together by our friend peter christian uh from our sister station kgvo radio in missoula and uh yeah we had that for you i just shared that yesterday on our montana talks website so so if somebody has calculated the numbers of how many homeless are in missoula montana well how many homeless are in bozeman montana you know, I've been asking how many illegal aliens are in Bozeman, Montana. Right? That's another topic altogether. Maybe, maybe somewhat related, but but apparently, uh, somebody is about to start counting uh, for the total number of homeless folks in Billings, Montana. And uh, we've got uh, we've got Cody Christensen from the Downtown Billings Alliance on the phone lines with us right now. Cody, thanks for calling in. Uh, great to have you on the program.
6: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, so tell us wh- what you got going on here. I understand you're looking, at least how it was relayed to me from my friend Scott. He says you guys are looking for volunteers to help try to try to count up the total population of homeless in Billings, Montana. Uh, so t- I guess tell us what you're trying to do. Tell us what you need from our listeners and what you hope to accomplish.
6: Yeah, absolutely. So actually what we do every year, it's the last Thursday of the month generally, but it's put on by the housing and urban development so HUD. It's a national count that is completed every year in January. Um, what we do is we go out and survey the homeless population, and, you know, that could be anybody living on the streets, living in their car, but it's also going to include people living in shelters and transitional housing. It's how we kind of get those numbers uh, for each state, and that's how HUD determines how much state funding is sent to Montana. So that's it's really important that we get as many counted as possible, so that's why we're looking for volunteers to come out and help us that night. But it's also a good way to kind of connect with your community, see what's going on, learn these people's stories and what happened, what put them on the streets. Because, you know, some people have been on the streets for years, but some of these people are just, I mean, a lot of the people that you see out on the streets are people that just kind of fell on hard times, had a couple months of bad luck, and now they're trying to figure out how to get back into housing. And obviously in Montana we have a kind of a housing crisis happening where affordable housing is next to nowhere. So it's it's really important to get out there and learn what's going on and what – kind of services are available for these individuals, and that's where uh, this funding is going to be going ultimately is how can we determine how many people are out on the streets because then we can figure out how much funding Montana can get and then put that towards services that will help get these people off of the street.
1: Interesting. So let's say if one of our listeners was thinking, you know, that sounds very interesting. I mean, just getting, you know, a chance to go out and and talk to some of these homeless individuals to find out their stories or or just a little bit of, you know, you're aiding in the count to to help direct these dollars here to Montana. They're going to be directed somewhere uh, and they could support some of these organizations here in our communities um what what does that look like if somebody actually takes on the volunteer role do you go out in buddy teams as you know i just think from a security standpoint because you never know there might oh, be people, sure, yeah. mental illness you, you just never know what you might encounter out there right
6: well yeah, yeah we have a lot of people that have co- co-occurring disorders so that's a lot of times paired with mental illness as substance use. but we never send people out by themselves and generally when people are sent out to do the surveys they're going to be paired with somebody that works in this field so um majority of them the clients we already know, so we're gonna, we're not going to just send people out um, and say, "Hey, go find a group of homeless people and go up and get them take a survey." Um, we're going to be sending them with people that know that group of people already. Um, and sometimes people have, you know, they're not comfortable going out on the streets, so we have volunteer options available where they might be sitting at a table at like Montana Rescue Mission to help during check-in. so kind of things like that too. So there's um, there's a few volunteer volunteer options available, but. Um, It's going to be sending them out to do surveys for those individuals that night from 4 p.m. to midnight. Um, Generally, we're asking for people to commit to like a two- to three-hour window in that time frame, but the survey is always completed 4 p.m. to midnight on that night.
1: I, I, I had to kind of laugh when you were talking about, uh, you know, hey, because it's a good thing you got people who know who they're looking for, or what to look for, because Absolutely. because, yeah, there could be some mistaken identities out there. I mean, if our buddy John Jackson is walking the streets of downtown, he might get mistaken for being a homeless guy. So I could see somebody what going is? up and yep. say, how long have you been homeless? Uh, I'm not homeless. Yep. <laughs> so, no, I'm Just, I mean, just I'm, giving our, right, our buddy John Jackson a hard time.
6: We have, a, we have a volunteer training that we also put everybody through that if they've never done the point-in-time count before. It's just a quick little 20-minute um, PowerPoint. I'm going to run them through it, and then I'm going to actually show them what the survey looks like so they know what to expect that night. But I'm um, going to go over some, you know, like we already talked about, like the safety precautions, um, what to expect that night. Um, if, a, if a volunteer has something specific in mind they'd like to do, or if they're like, hey, no, just send me, me to wherever. We have... Um, the city of Billings divided into, I think, ten different parts, and then uh, they'll get a map that night too on kind of some hot spots in that area that we know that the homeless community likes to hang out at. But again, we're going to be sending them out with people that also know those individuals.
1: So I'm assuming that when that the that story that I shared out of Missoula, that they must have done a similar count in Missoula, and then yep. and then is is yep. Bozeman so doing a similar there. count also?
6: Yeah. So it should be completed actually across the entire state. Uh, majority of the places that are completing the count are the the larger areas, like those in Missoula, Helena, Great Falls, Kalispell, because those are the places that generally will put out an ask to HUD um, in the spring that might be funding a program or a program expansion or something along those lines but it's generally completed by those larger cities in Montana because those are the places that actually have the
1: population. One of these days, I want to tag along. This would be interesting to tag along with you guys and do a two- to three-hour shift. Oh, and go Because, sure. yeah. you know, we, we talk a lot about homelessness and, and transients cool. and a bunch of stuff, so it'd be it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd yeah. be cool to just walk the streets with you guys. And I know, you know, the thing about Billings is Billings has some incredible services. And, I, and I've mentioned this before, is that, you know, you've got to have accountability, you've got to have oversight, mm-hmm. and you've got the Montana Rescue Mission, you've got Family Promise, you've got so many incredible organizations. Are those the types of organizations that receive this funding then? So if you get a proper yeah. count, yeah. you're directing dollars in that direction? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So if, like, uh, for, we'll just say, like, family promise,
6: if they were putting in an ask to HUD to do an expansion, the City of Billings, or I guess the Yellowstone County Continuum of Care, would back them on that ask, depending on uh, what it is. And then that ask goes to the statewide COC, um, and then projects get ranged basically. The reason why this county is so important this year is because the Yellowstone County Continuum Affairs is actually potentially looking at breaking apart from the statewide COC, so we'd be kind of our own area it's just because, you know, we have the largest numbers in the state, so we're trying to figure out what we can do to um, expand our programs here because it, over the past few years we have not been receiving the funding, so we're trying to figure out what we can do um, interesting well that the, makes sense because yeah. you get and more you get more
1: of the the prison inmate population released here yeah. and 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 it's such yeah. a, a hub uh we're we've got about 20 seconds before the break here cody christensen great to have you on the program if people want to volunteer how can they get a hold of you yeah
6: just reach out to me via email it's going to be k-o-d-y at
1: downtown k-o-d-y at com. all right cody great to chat okay. with you thanks so much for being with us and yeah let's let's touch base offline because I'd, I'd love to tag along do a you know no, you, can a, you can do ride you can do ride alongs with the with the cops uh, let's do a walk along yep. uh on, on the count one time that'd be very interesting i appreciate your time clint in bozeman next up on the phone lines
0: Fox News Commentary.
3: Sports Illustrated laid off the bulk of its staff, and perhaps this could have something to do with Yield saying, go woke, go broke. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. I'm
4: Dana Perino, and this is Perino on Politics. Dana Perino, co-host of The Five and co-anchor of America's Newsroom, returns to Fox News Audio with a brand new podcast, Perino on Politics. Listeners of Everything Will Be Okay will be thrilled by the return of a familiar voice, but with a fresh spin as Dana guides audiences through the 2024 election cycle. Make sure you subscribe to this series wherever you download podcasts and leave a rating and review.
3: In a shocking move, Sports Illustrated announced it will lay off a massive amount of its staff after the major licensing deal fell through. While this doesn't mean the definite end of the magazine, the magazine's union said the future is now in the hands of the owner, Authentic Brands Group. This could potentially be a very sad ending for an entity that's been iconic in sports journalism for nearly 70 years. But with that said, the Sports Illustrated of today is nothing like it used to be. It has gone woke with obese and even transgender cover models gracing their iconic cover. Now that might be fine for women's or fashion magazines and the like but when it comes to a male driven customer base well that kind of wokeism just doesn't sell sports illustrated wasn't broken before this woked up change but it may very well be unsalvageable now you know what they say go woke go broke i'm tommy Laren, and you can watch my show tommy Laren is fearless at outkick.com required to qualify
0: brought to you from the montana hot spring spas and saunas live well feel better studio talking about the issues that matter to montana statewide this is montana talks with aaron flint
1: somebody go yank, yank john jackson out of the casino john we got a show to do john 15 minute warning man I don't know if he's listening in on the Montana Talks app already. Uh, John's already down in Las Vegas. He got there a little bit early. He was sending me some photos. Uh, actually, if you go to at uh, privatejokerus, at pvtjokerus, John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter, joins us every Tuesday in the 8 o'clock hour. He's already down there. He was already sending uh, sharing some photos via Twitter of some of the SHOT Show booths getting set up yesterday. Today is the first day of the big gun show. They had Range Day yesterday yesterday one of these years i'm going to just go down for the whole week and get down there for range day on monday as well but but from a radio perspective the heart of the of the show content is is wednesday through friday so so that's where i'll be tomorrow and for the rest of the week uh let's sneak in some of your phone calls in fact when john jackson joins us in the eight o'clock hour of this show he's going to be with us for the rest of the week he's going to be sidekicking with us uh, for the full shot show coverage for the rest of the week so that's going to be great uh, but I still wanted to get him in today because that's when we can take your phone calls. It's going to be hard for us to take phone calls while we're down in Vegas for the SHOT Show. Uh, so I know you still want to be able to mix it up with John. So we're going to take your phone calls coming up in the 8 o'clock hour as well. But let's go back into the phone. Oh, we lost Clint. Clint is no longer there. Okay. All right. I was going to go to Clint and Bozeman. But, yeah, it looks like, looks like we must have lost him during the break there. Okay. Let's see. Uh, now i got to... Uh, switch tracks what am i gonna yap about now let's see let's scroll through here see what we didn't get to yet this morning six o'clock hour yeah we talked about jesse waters and the the middle eastern migrant threatening americans soon you will know who i am uh, yo, buddy i think we've seen uh, seen your braggadocio before we talked about uh, Jonathan Turley and Fannie Willis. Dean, Man, we got to a ton of content already here in the first couple hours of the show, but we got a lot still yet to talk about. I, I mentioned this. I said, look, I would be surprised because I played the soundbite from Speaker Newt Gingrich earlier where former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich says that Donald Trump will be the nominee and he thinks that Nikki Haley needs to find and and probably will find a graceful exit soon just like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis did from the presidential race. And I said this, I'd be surprised if if, if things go as we expect them in New Hampshire today, that, that tomorrow I wouldn't be surprised if Nikki Haley drops out of the presidential race. And here's why, because I think she should not want to, at least she does not want to be seen as losing her home state of South Carolina and South Carolina is next up after uh, after uh, new hampshire and south carolina senator tim scott remember he was in the presidential race early on as well the black republican senator from south carolina he has endorsed trump like practically everybody else in south carolina
0: i made the decision not based on what was in my best interest not based on what was nikki's best interest or even what was in the best interest of donald trump my decision to endorse donald trump was what is in the best interest of america's future.
1: Yeah, what is in the best interest of America's future? I've got some other great soundbites. Ted Cruz uh, weighing in on the New Hampshire primary, Nikki Haley, uh, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum. Remember, he was in the race for a little while. He just says that he is not running for reelection for for North Dakota governor. Uh, and he also talked more about why he is backing Donald J. Trump. So uh, lots to talk about uh, coming up. Uh, let's see, Clint in Bozeman back on the phone lines. Clint, we only got about a minute or so to go now, but what did you want to share?
5: I wanted to share this. I wondered why the why the legislature of the state of Montana passed a bill to tax the waiters and the waitresses here in Montana, and what is going to happen there. We're going to have more homeless on the count of it. These these folks are only making the minimum wage plus whatever tips they get, and they're barely making it here in Bozeman. You know, here in Bozeman, about the cheapest you can buy an apartment for is about fourteen hundred a month. Plus all the other amenities, and we're going to have more homeless just because our legislature has to pass more taxes on the American people and on the people that serve us. Now, what in the hell is the matter with our legislature? What
1: what bill was this? Uh, Refresh my memory on that one. Which bill was that again, Clint?
5: Well, I don't remember the name of uh, the number of the bill, but it took effect in 2024 this year, the first of the year it took effect. Uh, I don't use a computer, so I some sort of I
1: new tax on tips. I don't like the sound of that one, especially as somebody who bussed tables and waited tables through through high school and college. But uh, I'll see what I can find on that. Thanks, thanks for the call. I'm Chad Pergram with the Speaker's Lobby. Federal deficits are shooting up the Congressional Budget Office, or CBO, found that the budget deficit totaled $509 billion in the first quarter of fiscal year 2024. That amount is $87 billion more than the deficit recorded during the same period last fiscal year. Although revenues this year were $83 billion higher, outlays rose by more than $170 billion, or by about 12%. Some fiscal hawks are grumbling that conservatives who control the House are not doing anything to slash spending. Conservatives balked at a top-line spending pact House Speaker Mike Johnson cut with the White House. House and congressional Democrats. Johnson argues that adhering to terms of a modest debt ceiling deal cut last year by President Biden and former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy makes minor dents in spending. But the real reason lawmakers won't address the deficit? Entitlements. Congress has argued about money it spends on the Pentagon, but there have been virtually zero discussions about cutting entitlements, and entitlements make up 70 percent of all federal spending. With the Speaker's Lobby, Chad Pergram, Fox News.